We are uh, dedicating our today's year, as usual, in memory of Chaya Sar Bachmol Amata Ripka. We're continuing with Yud Amud Bet. We are at the two dot, which is about ten lines down, and we are starting to do the Gemara's Agadata slash analysis of the Psukim of the Megillah, which will take us essentially, I think, to the end of the Perak. Just about. Okay, which is Lav Long Amudim, and we will get started as follows. It says it was in the days of Achashverosh. That's the beginning of the Megillah. Okay, Amor Rabbi Levi, we have a bunch of Rabbi Levi today, okay? Amor Rabbi Levi, Vitema Rabbi Yonatan, Dabrezim, Asura, Biadeno, Mianche, Knesset, Akdola. This we have as a tradition from the men of the Great Assembly. Anytime the Tanakh says the word Vayahi, and it was, it is a language of tsar, of uh, trouble or pain. As it says, Vayahi bimei Achashverosh, it was in the days of Achashverosh, Haba Haman. Haman, you guys remember? In the, in the story of the Purim, there's Haman. Yeah, okay, good. Vayahi it was in the days of, of the uh, judges, Haba Ra'ab, there was a famine. No boom for famine. Vayahi ki hachil ha'adam larov, uh, it says when, uh, and this is in Breshi, when the people began to sort of spread out, Vayar Hashem ki what happened is Hashem then saw that people were so evil, their, their, their evil deeds were had increased, and that led to the flood. When they traveled uh, from the east, it said that they that, that built a city. That's the Migdal uh, Babel story, which isn't very good. And it says, What happened after that? They made war, and that's not good. And when Yoshua was in Yericho, you guys remember the story? Remember the Malach with the sword? We talked about Talmud Torah. Vahi Hashem with Yehoshua. Hashem was with Yehoshua. Vahi Malu B'nei Yisrael. B'nei Yisrael committed a trespass. They, uh, right, they took from the, uh, from the spoils. Vahi Yishachad Min HaRamatayim. This is talking about the, uh, the, the father of Shmuel. Uh, it says, Ki Etchana Ahev Hashem Sagarachma. He loved Chana, but Hashem had closed her womb. So that's a sad thing that she didn't have, was able to have children. Vahi, should say, Ka'asher is Akein Shmuel. When Shmuel was older, and it told us that his sons did not follow in his ways, that Shmuel's sons weren't good. So David, in all his ways, was, uh, was wise, and Hashem was with him. But it says, But Shaul had it out for David. So that's bad. Uh, when David was sitting in his palace, uh, and then that's when he asked to build the Beit HaMikdash, and that's, he's told, That's a very big disappointment, that he's told, you're not allowed to build the Beit HaMikdash. Okay, so those are a lot of examples of the word Vayihi, where we see there's negative things. Some, I think, more obviously negative than others, but all of them, on some level, are negative. Okay, <clears throat> so the Gemara asks as follows, But it also says, it was, it was on the eighth day, this is the eighth day, it's the day of the inauguration of the Mishkan. Their day, there was joy before Hashem, like the day of the creation of the world. Ketiv Hacha says here, Vayihi Vayom Hashmini. It says here, it was on the eighth day. Uktiv Hatam, it says there, Vayihi Erev, Vayihi Voker, Yom Echad. So they're saying Vayihi, so you see, it's such a wonderful celebration. So that's not negative, so that premise seems to be wrong. Gemara responds, do you remember the whole story? But Nadav and Abiyu died that day. So it was a celebration, but there was also something bad. Okay, Gemara says, But it says, This is a somewhat well-known puzzle, because it says it was in the 480th year. Um, this is in the time when the, the Beit HaMikdash of Shlomo was uh, dedicated. And the, and, the, and the Navi points out that it was 480 years from Yitzhak Mitzrayim. 
That's actually a very beautiful, I think, uh, clear point in terms of how the building of the Beit HaMikdash seems to, according to the Navi, is to follow, <laughs> follows the, uh, the process of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which finally was fulfilled. So they're also, uh, that's obviously a very happy day. Also, isn't it written, that it was when Yaakov saw Rachel. That was very nice. I was very happy. And don't forget the creation of the world. That's pretty good. And just to put more emphasis into it, there's also Shemi, the second day. Shlishi, and there's a third day. There's even more days. Because all the way to days. Maybe you want, right? So, um, so, so Vayihi, it doesn't seem to be so... It's true, you, have, you gave me lots of examples where it's bad stuff, but there's also lots of examples where it's good stuff. Amaravashi, kol Vayihi, ikahachi v'ikahachi. It's true. I'm using the word Vayihi. There, there are those like this, and there's those like this. And it can be bad, but it can also be good. But Vayihi bimei, when it says Vayihi bimei, eno ela lashon sa'ar. So it wasn't the days of, but that's a language of pain and suffering. Okay? And that's Hamisha Bayhibi Mehabu. There's actually five examples in Tanakh of Bayhibi Meh. I did not look in the concordance, but if somebody wants to do a little homework, uh, that would be, you know, you can confirm it. But there are five Bayhibi Mehs. It says Bayhibi Mehachash Verosh, that's one, we saw that already. Bayhibi Meh Shvota Shoftim, we saw that. Bayhibi Meh Amrafel. Also, it was in the days of Achaz, where also bad stuff happened. It was in the days of Yoyakim, where the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash happens. Okay, so we have all this uh, principle of Ahi Bimei, uh, which is, uh, again, that's a way of introducing, again, the Parsha of um, the idea of Megillah, right? Ahi Bimei Achash Virosh. Okay. Amar Rabbi Levi. And Rabbi Levi said as follows. <clears throat> this is not necessarily... Megillah related, but it's Rabbi Levi, so we're going to quote him again. We have the following tradition, not from Anshak and Esedagdola, but from our forefathers. Amotz ve'amatziah achim havu. Amotz, who is the father of Yeshayahu Hanavi, and Amatziah, who is one of the kings of Yehuda, I believe, correct? Uh, they were brothers. Okay? That's the thing. They were brothers. It's like, that's a good, like, Jewish trivia. My Kamash Malan, what's he trying to teach us? Like, that's a nice tidbit of information, but, like, who cares? I'll tell you. Any bride who is modest in the house of her father-in-law will merit to have kings and prophets come from her. So that's a nice piece of advice to be a nice, modest woman. Exactly. Huh? That's modest in front of them. In the house. They moved to the father-in-law's house, so she acts modest. So, what is the source for this idea? It's from Tamar. Yeah, hold on, hold on. As it says, relax, relax. Give the Gemara a chance. It says, It says, Yehuda saw her. Remember the story? Tamar is on the crossroads. She had already married to two of you, the sons. They both died. He wasn't marrying her after the third son. She went off to her father's house. Anyhow, so he meets her at the crossroads, and he thinks she is a zona, a prostitute. Because, seemingly, she covered her face. So Gemara says, Because she covered her face, he thinks she's a prostitute? That's kind of a weird thing to say. Like, Women who cover their faces are prostitutes? It just doesn't seem to fit. I would think the opposite. What it's telling us is because she had covered her face, not that she covered her face now, it's that she had covered her face where? In her father-in-law's house. And he didn't know her. I mean, he didn't know who she was. 
That's the Agmar is telling us that Yehuda did not know what his daughter-in-law Tamar looked like because Kista Panel. So now he sees this woman at the crossroads. That's where the prostitutes hang out. So he figured this woman's a prostitute. Aye, but it looks just like his daughter-in-law. He doesn't know what his daughter-in-law looks like. Okay, so it's very straight, a very tricky story there. But to keep it simple. It says, therefore, So that's why she married it to have from her Melachim Mudavim. Now, who are these Melachim Mudavim? Well, Melachim Mi David. Melachim are from David. Okay, that's pretty clear. We know that's Yehuda and David. That's pretty clear. Nevi'im, which Nevi'im are we talking about? That we have this tradition that Amot and Amatzia. So Amatzia is a king of David, a king of Yehuda. Great. If Amot is his brother-in-law, his brother, that means Amot, the father of Yeshayahu, also came ultimately from Tamar. Uchtiva, it says Chazon Yeshayahu ben Amot. Yeshayahu is the son of Amot. Okay, so that's the that's the lesson about being Snias. Okay. Ve'amar Rabbi Levi. Rabbi Levi continues and says, We have this Masor from our forefathers that Makom Aron Enominamida, the place of the Aron Kodesh, did not take up any measurements, any space. So some miracle that happened in the Beit Hamikdash. How so? We'll see. Tanya and Mihachli. We write to the teachers the same thing. Aron she'asam Moshe Yeshlo Eser Amot The Brayta teaches us that the Aron traditionally had. Ten amot of space on either side once it was placed in the mikdash. Uchtiv, and it says, It says, The dvir, this area of the, of the mikdash, was twenty amot uh, in length, meaning like uh, in this case in width. Uchtiv, and it says, Knaf hakruv ha'echad eser amot. Uknaf hakruv ha'echad eser amot. So each of the kruvim, right, each of the little cherubs, they weren't so little in the mikdash, that were on top, they were ten amot. There were ten amot uh, each. Okay, so that takes up the whole space. So, Aron Gufe, hey Chahaba. So then, where was the Aron? Kai. Where was it standing? I don't know. I mean, if there's 10 amot on either side, and the whole thing's only 20, so there's no space left. Allah, lav shmamina b'nes hayomet. So that's teaching us that it stood in a miracle. Now, somehow it didn't take up any, take up any space. So the Aron was 10 amot long. No, the Aron wasn't 10 amot long. The Aron is relatively small. But it, but on each side of the Aron, tradition has it, there were ten amot. And so, if the whole thing is only twenty, and there's ten amot on each side, that leaves nothing in the middle. That's the tradition. Yeah. You said the punctuation is alalav kama shmamina benisha amit. Alalav kama shmamina. Right. Benisha amit. Right. Okay. Now we will continue. We will start a series of. Um, similar type of statements where a rabbi will try to introduce his teaching of the Megillah by quoting a Pasuk and showing that how that Pasuk, while not obviously so, somehow references something in the Megillah. Okay, so that'll be like a little introduction. So we'll start as follows. Rabbi Yonatan patach lapitra lahai parshada mehacha. That's the phrase. Patach lapitra, he opened an opening. Lahai parshada for this parsha, meaning this discussion of the Megillah. Mehacha from here. Says in Yeshayahu, "Bekamti alehem v'gomer v'yichrati l'babel shem u'sheir v'nin v'nechad neum Hashem." Okay, I will rise upon them and I will uh, cut for Babel all name and remnant and great grandchild and grandchild neum Hashem. So saith the Lord. Shame. Okay, the name zehaktav. Name means their writing. Sheir zelashon. The sheir refers to the language. Nin zemachut. Ne, so the kingdom. Nechad zo vashti. Okay, so Hashem eliminates Babel basically. Ba, 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 ba. All the different parts of Babel are eliminated. But the last one's vashti, meaning vashti is the last remnant of Babel. Okay? Um, that's a, that's a Messiah, by the way. We had the vashti was a 
child of or descendant of Nebuchadnezzar from Babel. So you cut off Vashti, that's the end of the the, the end of uh, Babel. Okay? Rabbi Shmuel Banachmeni Patach Lapitra Lahai Parshadamihacha. So he introduced it as follows, where it says in Yeshayo, Tachat Hanaatsut Yale Barosh, Vetachat Hasirpad Yale Hadas. Now instead of the Naatsuts, like the thorns, there will be a Barosh. Um, Barosh is a uh, cedar tree? I think so. Um, I need some help in terms of the. Uh, Cypress tree? Ah, uh, even better. It'll be the cypress? Yeah, I see there's errors. Um, instead of the sirpad, which also is like uh, thistles or something, the, no, and the hadas is myrtle. A myrtle will rise. So what does that mean? In place of the na'atzut, which is tachat am haman harasha, she'asa atzmo avodazara. The haman harasha, who made himself into an avodazara, right? The tradition has that he expected everyone to bow down to himself, to him, and said, Why do we know that's a, why is that a, um, a uh, na'atzut? As it says, dichtiv, uvechol ha'na'atzutim, uvechol ha'na'alulim, na'alulim. So all the na'atzutim and na'alulim, which really means like thorns and thistles, but it, it's a, in the context, it's a reference to about the Zara. So Ya'alev Barosh, the Barosh, the, uh, when this is the guy, I'm having a blank. The Cyprus, I'm blanking on this word, I don't know why. Ya'alev Barosh, then Mordechai, Shinikra, Rosh, Lechol HaBesamim. He was called like the main, like of all the spices. Okay? So Shinemar, it says, V'atakach Lecha Besamim Rosh. It says in the, in the Torah, you should take Besamim Rosh, Mordor. It should be like the pure myrrh. When we targamin on what's the shin in Aramaic of Mordoror? Moridachi. Moridachai. Okay, so that's a nice little wordplay, which says that Mordechai is like this spice. Okay? Rosh Bissamim. Berosh? Bissamim Rosh? Rosh? Well, it works a little better because Mordechai probably is an Aramaic name, anyways, or a Persian name, you know, so. Marduk. Right, so like that. So I think it makes it a little bit easier. Now, right? But it's also play. You know, it's also playing words. Okay, let's continue. Um, instead of the sirpad, how do you have a sirpad there? The nettle. Yes, the nettle. That's like thorns, right? Tachad vashti harasha'a bat benosha nebuchadnezzar harasha'a shesaraf refidat beit Hashem. So in place of vashti, the evil vashti, the granddaughter of nebuchadnezzar, the evil one who burned the ceiling of the house of Hashem, tichtiv repidat zahav, as it says that the, that, that the ceiling was gold, ya'ale hadat, that's, so that's the sirpad, refidat is based on sirpad, saraf rapad. It's like ceiling? Yeah. Okay, so sirpad is saraf refidat. You see that's the plain words there? Okay, so that's a reference to Nebuchadnezzar's granddaughter. Yale Hadas, Zo Esther Hatzadeket, Shini Great Hadassah. This is Esther the righteous who's called Hadassah. Shinem Marja says, Vahi Omen at Hadassah. Right, that he was Omen, he raised, let's say, Hadassah. Okay, the Gemara understands also he was married to Hadassah, but okay. Um, okay, Vahia. I'm saying so. You can inter- you can interpret different ways, whatever. But let's uh, again. But the reality was you're saying that just whatever. Either way, however you understand. Vayal Hashem l'shem. That's the continuation of this pasuk. It will be for Hashem as a name. Zomikra Megillah. That's the reading of the Megillah that sort of like praises Hashem and like you know uh, promotes Hashem's name. The next word is uh, next phrase in the pasuk is laotolam loyikarit for a sign for a like eternal sign that will not be cut off. Edu yimei purim. That's also that's purim which will la- which will last forever. Okay. Rabbi Yishuv ben Levi patach lapitcha lahay parshat amihacha. It's a good tongue twister. Vayah kasher sas Hashem alechem lahitiv etchem ekin yasis laharatchem. Just as God rejoices to do good for you, so too He will rejoice to do bad for you. 
that's pretty sad. Uh, I think that's in, the, that's in Parsha Kitavo in the Tochera. So it's like, wow, like, Hashem will enjoy, you know, making things good, but when you do the wrong thing, He'll enjoy punishing you. Kamar says, wait a second. Does God really rejoice at the downfall of the evil? One second. Um, is that really true? This is a nice fundamental Gemara about uh, this idea about Hashem and you know, does he rejoice or not and how we approach that. It says, but it says, but Seit Lefanai Hechalutz. And it says, how you, translate, uh, you have the translation there? What's But Seit Lefanai Hechalutz? When the. Uh, yeah, like the Chalutz is like the pioneer, right? When they went before the army, and there's a missing phrase there, you would expect a phrase, right? It says, Hodu praise Hashem because it's all, it's all merciful. But it should have said, Kitov. So for Amr Behodazo. So why doesn't it say Kitov in this praise or thanks of Hashem? It's because God doesn't rejoice at the downfall of Rishayim. Meaning, if it's a, nece- it's, a, it's, a, it's a necessary evil, you're not going to say Kitov. You're not going to call that good. What does it mean when the pasuk says in Parsha Beshalach, right, that? Uh, the Mitzrim and the Jews did not come close to each other the whole night. That the Malachi Asharet wanted to ask, uh, they wanted to sing a Shira, a song to Hashem. Amar Kadesh Baruch Hu, God said, here's the famous line, if you're going to underline the line, it's worthwhile. My creation, my handiwork is drowning in the sea, and you're, you want to sing a song? So, so you see here that God doesn't rejoice. So what's going on here? With this pasuk, the God says, Ken yasis So he says as follows, Amar Rabbi Lazar, who enosas? He doesn't rejoice, aval but he allows others to rejoice. Okay? V'daikanami, and you can be in the words, you can see how this is true, dichtiv, ken yasis. It says, so too God will be mesis, velokhtiv yisos. Yisos, I mean, he rejoices, yasis is the hitful form, it's not to make someone else happy. So shmamina, that's how we, in fact, understand this to be the case, that God himself does not rejoice, but certainly the human beings who experience the salvation, whatever it is, so that can be, uh, they can rejoice, that's okay. Right? That's as an example, right? So for example, let's take a very benign example. Let's say your team, uh, you know, wins in the playoffs, and your friend's team loses in the playoffs, so you shouldn't, you know, so you can rejoice over your team's happiness. But if you're an innocent, you know, observer, you shouldn't be rejoicing in your other friend's sadness. Right? So that'd be like what Benedict. That's, yeah, so that, that fits, that fits. So God is not happy, right? But he allowed, but he allows the reality that some people will be rejoicing. Rabbi Abba Bar Kahana Patuch La Pitra La Hiparsta Mihacha. Rabbi Abba Kahana introduced as follows. Le Adam Shetov Le Fanav Natan Chokma Badat Besimcha. To a man, it isn't Kohelet. That is good before him. He gave wisdom and knowledge and joy. Zem Mordechai Hatzadik. That refers to Mordechai. And to the sinner, he gave the matter to gather and bring things in, to pile things up. That refers to Haman. The rest of the passage says, uh, to give to the good one before Hashem. Meaning that the person who's bad gathers these things together, but why does he gather them together? Not to keep them, that would be good for him. Rather, he gathers them together so he can give them to the person who's good. Who's that? Zem Mordechai Be'ester. This refers to Mordechai Esther. Dichtiv, as it says, Vatasem Esther et Mordechai al Beit Haman. That Esther made Mordechai in charge of the house of Haman. So you see the Haman stuff all in the end goes to Mordechai. 
Okay, we'll see uh, maybe one or two more of these. Rabba bar Ufran patach la pitcha la hayparsa mihacha says v'sam tikisi be'elam. I will place my throne in elam. V'habadi misham melach v'sarim, and I will destroy from there kings and ministers. Melach zo vashti. So the melach we're talking about is vashti. V'sarim zehaman v'asarib banav, and the sarim are haman and his ten children. So they're the ones who are going to be destroyed. Okay, let's do one more. Rab Dimi Bar Yisak Patuk Lapitzchon High Parsha Mihachas. So he introduced it from here. The Patuk says in, um, in Ezra Ki Avadim Anachnu Uva Avadutenu Lo Azavnu Elokenu Vayet Alenu Chesed Lifnei Malchei Paras. So we were servants, and in our service we didn't abandon Hashem, and He bestowed uh, kindness upon us before the kings of Persia. Eimatai. When was this? Bizman Haman. In the time of Haman. Or some say Mordechai. Same point. Shkoch, everybody.